Welcome to the Melodramatic Podcast. Now, I apologize if there's any background noise. We're recording in a conference room right next to Children's Story Time, so you might hear some storybooks in the background. But today, I have with me Austin as my guest. What's Welcome up, guys? To the show. Happy to be here. Glad now, all, I'm glad Aldo started the podcast. He's been wanting to do this for a while, and he's good at it. I like hearing his voice, so. Yeah, we just came back from a, a bountiful Olive Garden lunch. Great time. If Lunch any, is the time to go. If anyone wants to make memories, I highly recommend uh, just ditching your class period and going to Olive Garden with your friends. Memories are created. This is actually the last time, although went to school today because he's moving to Hawaii, so we called it the Last Supper. Yeah, it was a great time. Olive Garden's a great place to make memories. Like, which is funny because like, it's Olive Garden. Like, it's just like the most random place, but it's a good place. So. Austin is probably even more experienced than me at podcasting. This is your third podcast appearance, even though you don't have a podcast. I guess I just have the right connections. I, I have a lot to say, and I think people realize that, so podcasts just work well for me. So, yeah, so if, I you guys, being on them. if you guys want to check out his other episodes, he's appeared on The Joseph Smith Show and Our Lovely Deseret. I will link those episodes that he's in in the episode description, but let's get into our show. So, as a president of our student council for the junior class president, what is the importance of school spirit in high school? Like, what does it, what does it bring? Um, school spirit's critical, especially with trying to get students to school. When you have something to go for, it makes it a lot more meaningful than rather just going to school to learn. I feel like there's a lot um, of unity when you really get into competition. All right, and... What do you think is, like, the biggest challenge to, like, bringing up school spirit? Like, what keeps school spirit from? Um, school spirit's difficult because not everyone wants to get involved. But I feel like a big thing is just being diverse and reaching out to other groups because people always want to support their friends. And as long as their friends are in it, they'll cheer them on because you want to see your friends do the best. So, like, what our school tries to do is we have these pep rallies every semester. And what I try to do is I try to get diverse students so that everyone has a, like a friend to root for rather than just the same friend group competing. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really useful thing that we do, except those things are so rigged. You have to admit, you guys rig it so the seniors win every time. Um, I haven't been a senior yet, but I can confidently say as a sophomore and junior class president who was in the meetings to make the games, they're obviously very rigged because the seniors run it. And they want to wow. win. But I, the thing with senior priority is the seniors always have this, the Trump excuse of you could just do it with your seniors. So I know that next year I'll probably enjoy it, but it does make it hard with how rigged competitions are. Yeah. So we have that official confession on here. Austin, if you disappear within the next few days, I'm so sorry. The seniors don't appreciate it. Now the seniors will admit it. They they know they know deep down. Every well, senior knows. You, they rig you've it. already you've already confessed that when you're a senior, you're gonna rig it too. So I want to be more fair, but I also feel like my grades better than other grades. So I feel like we'll win. Exactly. I want to be honest with you. Like now that I'm no longer a sophomore, I don't want the sophomores winning. I don't want that. But because sophomores, it's always fun to have a chip on our shoulder. Like in the first spirit assembly, the only reason we lost was because we lost the fight song. And who really okay. judges the fight song? So honestly, the fight song is probably the most rigged of all of them. Because it's all opinion. Yeah. There's like no, like, if you're playing volleyball, if somebody beats you at volleyball, there's no way that you can be like, well, actually. But if you're like singing a song, whoever sings it better, that's entirely up to the judge. They can just like say whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I have a hard time with things that are judged because there's always such a bias. Like, that's why I like sports is because you there's a clear winner. 
But when there's other things, it's like you see two, pe two people having practices and you say, who practiced better? Of course, there's going to be mixed opinions. But it's just hard because it's just whoever has the connections will win. And obviously, the seniors have the connections because they've been around longer. But I'm just excited for when I finally sing a senior. Yep, that's the way to go. Get the connections, win. Go fight, win, as they say. Exactly, yeah. So we're, we're pretty good friends. You'd say that, right? Definitely. We get all the time. We go back. Yeah, we go back. So basically, I ran for student council at middle school, and I was the president. And Austin was my vice president. Then the fall, So then the following year, we ran against each other in the presidential race, and we've done that once again this year. So what would you say is, like, how do you keep friendships going during competition like that? It's tough because there's always going to be competition. There's always only going to be one winners in some scenarios but you just got to realize you both have common ground like me and Aldo both have very similar ideas uh, we just realized that we're both doing really good things and we both want the same things and there's nothing wrong with that obviously it's a little bit tough at the time because there's only one winner but you just got to realize I have more respect for Aldo than a whole bunch of other people because he's willing to run for it and you just can't have that beef there's yeah. no need for it I would totally agree with that because like it, like, just because something's a competition doesn't mean it can't be friendly. Like, just because one person wins doesn't mean you can't have, like, a good time doing it. Like, there's just no reason for beef. Exactly. Oh, there's always going to... In, in times of life, there's always going to be a winner and a loser. And multiple times, you're going to be the loser and the winner. So when you lose, you got to be humble enough to realize, oh, yeah, they won fair and square. But as the winner, you got to also be humble and say, hey, it was a good game. And he could have won in multiple other ways. So it's all just about being humble in that, realizing that although life is a big competition, it's all about loving others and connecting along the way. So, yeah, I think you got to take into account, like, I feel like you're friends before your competitors. Like, I remember the first time you ran against me, there was somebody else running against both of us. And we were like, man, this guy is going to, he's going to be both of us. Like, neither of us are going to win. And we were both just kind of like disheartened by that. We're like, we're both going to lose. Like, none of us are going to stay. And then we were both like, no, you got to keep running. You got to keep running. You got to go for it. And like, if you don't have that kind of friendly competition, in some cases, like neither of you guys are going to get the good results. Exactly. You, you have to work together. If you're always competing against others and not having real friendships, you're never going to get anywhere. And being all though at the middle school, like I might be able to advise, but I think we did a pretty good job. So it would have been a big tragedy if me and him, if, if either of us wasn't in that uh, president role. So even if I were to have lost the first round of elections, I totally would have supported Aldo and got all my friends to vote for him because of how good of a job we did at the middle school. Yeah, so the way our school voting works is you're actually allowed to vote for two people. And I remember we were both like, put on your, put on your ballots, put both of us is what we were going because you could vote for two people during the primary, during the generals. And then later there would be the primaries where you could only vote for one people. And we were both like, yeah, on the generals, vote for both of us. Then on the primaries, just vote for me. We were both... That was kind of the, the thing, is you kind of share the wealth so that you both win. And then when it comes down to it, when only one of you can win, then you kind of get a little bit more competitive. Exactly. That's just how life works. It's really all about working together. You can get a lot farther with two brains rather than one. And I've, I've got it worked out the way it did because we had a really good time in middle school. And of course, it's too bad you're leaving. But I've had a lot of fun at student council. And I got I to gotta appreciate most of that because of Aldo, because of how great we did in middle school. Like, we really, we started out strong, so then we could have, I could have future roles. You know, we had some great times in middle school. Like, you've, you've told a story on the, our lovely Deseret yeah. podcast of, like, the most iconic night of your life. Were you 
we were at a school dance. There was a dance circle. You tried to land a backflip because you got reverse peer pressured. And you, you didn't land it. You chipped your tooth. And everybody, like, circled around you and they started chanting your name. Like, that's, like, an iconic moment. So, like, after, so after you left, I was still there. And we were all looking for your teeth. And I was the one who found them. And then when I found them, everybody started chanting my name. It's like, it's like, how do I explain this? With, when you have teenagers, an event is more than just an event. An event is, and I'm not talking about like a social event. Like when something big happens that you're going to tell a story about, you want to add as much to it as possible. And I think people do that subconsciously. Like I found your teeth and then, oh man, I forget somebody else. There was somebody else who like found like a blood stain and they got chanted too. So like, it's just, I think it's just interesting the way teenagers like function. I mean, in reality, the backflip was a terrible decision. Like, I'm starting to comprehend that I may not have solid front teeth when I'm older. Like, they hang- they're hanging by threads right now. But do I necessarily regret it? I don't because high school is such a short time and I feel like you got to live it up. In adult life, you have multiple years to do what you want. Obviously, it's still really quick, but you're only in middle school for two years. So even though, like, it's really sad that I broke my teeth and... My parents had to pay a whole bunch of money. I don't necessarily regret it because of all the memories I made, all the friendships I made because of it. All the kids that started to know me and I started to make them feel validated. It was really cool just how nice people were after it. And yeah, I'm glad they chanted your name because that's awesome. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad, like... No, I think that, so they didn't just chant me, they chanted Jonah too. Yeah, like the fate was shared. Everyone was just happy. Like, I don't know about most people, but most people don't remember middle school by their dances. But I remember when me and Aldo went into presidency, this was the year after COVID. So it was the first year we had dances and we're like, dude, like, let's just pump them up. So we both just got on the announcements and we got our friends there and it was awesome. Like almost anyone you talk to is like in our grades, like, yeah, our middle school dances were fun. Like we had a great time compared to most grades I know of. And they don't even remember their middle school dances because they never went. So although like it sucks that I broke my teeth, we had really good times. And I, I don't regret this at all. Like, middle school is a good time just because of the, the dances and getting outside our comfort zone like that and doing fun things. Yeah, that's like like those events. Like, you're not going to remember the day-to-day, but you'll remember, like, specific events way better than you'd remember just everyday things. Like, one, like this, this one's dumb. But when we were running, there was another person running for the math rep position, and we were all giving speeches on why you should vote for us. And this kid, he just goes up. He says, I am big brain. And then he walks off and everybody went wild. They were chanting his name. They started a mosh pit. And this guy just said one sentence to vote for him. I am very big brain. And that was like the craziest like result of that thing. It's just dumb stuff like that, that you're going to remember. Yeah. Like middle school's rough. I think everyone can agree middle school is middle really... Middle is like honestly the worst. It's, it's kind of the worst. But everyone's... I'm pretty insecure, but everyone's trying to root for someone. And I think my student council really showed me that with the kid who ran for math rep and said, big brain. Everyone just loved him and had his back. And I think if I went back into middle school, I would just try to like have more solid connections. Like I wish I was around the people I loved more because there's a lot of good in people in middle school. It's just really hard because it's an insecure time of life. Yeah, you know, I think people in middle school are way faker than people in high school. Like I think in middle school, you see somebody like, and they could be like the coolest person ever. But they, if they're not like, cool to other people you're not gonna like hang around that person like by the time you get to high school you kind of start to like realize people's worth a bit more 
to like what makes you enjoy company versus what makes other people look at you a different way. It's true. It's, I it's, mean, high school is still fake, but yeah, I'm just saying it's, it's less fake. It's funny. Maybe our experience is different, but when I see like clicks and stuff, I feel like that was only really a middle school. Um, in high school, I feel like it's a lot more diverse. There's a lot more ways to have multiple friend groups. Like, as you said in your previous podcast. Yeah, we were talking about that. The clicks were pretty tight in middle school. But it's just hard in middle school because you have to walk everywhere well, and you okay. can't drive. One of the reasons I think clicks were a lot worse in middle school is because we had lunch tables. So at our high school... Yeah, automatically. Yeah, at our high school, nobody eats at school. We have an open campus. Everybody leaves. And I'm not, I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. The only people who stay are the people who, who like get school lunch. And that's not a large number of people. So we don't have like as visible clicks anymore. Because in middle school, you would go to your table. That was your table. Those were your friends. Nobody else is going to sit there. And you can just see it. It's just right in front of you. There's no ignoring it. Yeah. That's a good point. The clicks were real. And it was tough. Like, it was hard to get outside your uh, own friend group and really connect. But I don't know why. But in high school, I feel like there's a lot less of that, which is good. Like, I have so many friends from different groups, and I love them all. And I couldn't be more grateful. But in middle school, it's just kind of hard for me because... You're right. During those lunch tables, it was like, this is your clique and this is who you stay with. But in high school, I feel like I'm welcome almost everywhere I go. And I'm really grateful for that. I would definitely agree with that. There's like, a, I don't know if it's a lot more welcoming or if like, we just care less. I, I'm not sure. I think it's more welcoming. But at the same I time, think, I'm not as worried as I was in middle school. I think we're more mature because in middle school, I, was, I, I kind of was rubbed off out of the same energy. Like, oh, like this person's not in our group, so let's not talk to them. But in high school, I just realized our time's a lot shorter. And also, we're just more mature. We realize that all these people can offer good things in different ways. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So I think let's move on from more of the social aspect and talk about some of the more academic aspects. So we are both 4.0 students. And I think it might surprise people, like, who's 4.0 students? Because, like, you, like, see all of the... All of the memes and stuff, like, all of the generic stuff is, like, oh, 4.0 students are, like, the nerds with the, like, big glasses and stuff. But that's, like, not the case. I look at our, like, honors and college classes, and it's the kids who are, like, out doing stuff. It's the kids on sports teams. It's the kids in all the clubs. It's not just, like, the kids with glasses that just read books all day. <laughs> yeah, I find that interesting. In my opinion, this might get hated on. In my own opinion, I think almost anyone can get a 4.0. If they have the work ethic. No, 100%. That's true. It's 100% how hard you work. I have to thank my mom substantially for getting for me getting a 4.0. I think I would have without her help, but she really pushed me in the right direction. So in sixth grade, we um I was getting like B's and A's. And I was like, oh, it's fine. All my friends do. Like, it's sixth grade science. Who cares? I did bad on one test and my, teach, my teacher won't grade this. So let's have a B for a while. Maybe I'll get it up to an A. Maybe not. And my mom was like, no you are having a 4.0 because it's not that hard and I know you can do it. And she took away my Xbox. Dang. And most people don't know this, but in intermediate school, I did nothing. I did not play any sports. I wasn't a part of any groups. Basically the exact opposite person of what I am now. I was playing the Xbox for a good two hours a day, at least. I'm really good at sports video games, by the way, if anyone wants to challenge me. But... You'll go down in 2K. Yeah. Dude, I get the all-time Lakers. I'm unstoppable. Okay, that's, that's, that's hard to beat no matter who you are, but... But what I was saying, like, I was playing every day. I was addicted. And it's kind of what I looked forward to every day because I wasn't doing that well in intermediate school. But my mom took away my Xbox every time I didn't have a 4.0. And it was actually really difficult for me to not have my Xbox. Um, but what it did was, 
because I wanted my Xbox so bad, I would go to my teachers and I'm like, listen, how can I get my 4.0 now? Like, I need an A. I can't just have an A minus. And I think it was only in sixth grade where I ever had under a 4.0 because in sixth grade, I just got used to the habit of just always following up with my teachers and getting good grades. And it's not like the work is really that hard. I mean, unless some classes like chemistry where they're legitimately hard classes. But I feel like as long as you put in the work and you connect with your teacher, you can have a 4.0. And what's funny about a 4.0 is I don't feel like it's that hard. And the amount of opportunities and doors that might open for colleges and stuff are huge. Like, what I see, like, oh, you get a full ride for a 4.0. I'm like, why are they giving out full rides? Almost anyone can do that. So just, I find it really interesting. Because obviously some people aren't as smart as others, but I feel as long as you put in the work and are willing to communicate with teachers, you can achieve it. Maybe not a 4.0, but at least a 3.9. Well, I think another thing to consider is like, we take like college classes, honors classes, AP classes. You could legitimately take the lowest level class you can do like super easy work. You can get a 4.0 in those classes so easy. <laughs> like it's not hard work. It's just you have to turn in the work. So like I think at a certain point, if you're somebody who you know that you would struggle with school and you still want a 4.0, just take less hard classes and then you can get that 4.0. That's a really good point. And I think another thing that people don't always realize is that as long as you're nice to teachers, they genuinely want the best for you. Unless they're actually evil, your teachers will want the best for you. Okay, they started playing music outside of our conference room, so you guys might be able to hear that. But uh, uh, we're just going to re- keep recording, and hopefully just, you guys just don't hear it too it. much. Unless we're too bored, and you just want like, to If we're music. talking, we'll talk over it. You guys will hear us instead of it, hopefully. Oh, where was that? Okay, um, maybe maybe the 4.0 curriculum has changed because I feel like it is not hard to get a 4.0. But maybe in the old days, it's a lot harder. Honestly, you just have to turn in your so assignments you know, on time. Like yeah, most teachers will exactly. like grade your assignment on completion. Because like, most things are busy work except tests. And if I'm being honest, I do not think most teachers actually read the work well, we do. Well, here's the thing. Like, so on a test, I hardly ever study on a test. I'll normally get, I'll get like an 89 or like a 92. And you take like what, three tests in a quarter. The rest of your grade is classwork. If you get a test average of like 85%, and your classwork average is 100%, that's only going to bring your grade down to like a 95. That's like exactly. still an A. If you just turn in your classwork, you honestly have no trouble getting a 4.0. And, and once you do the classwork, you're pretty much going to do well on the test no matter what. That's there so might be true. a little bit of homework, but it's... And you also got to realize the stuff we're learning, this was hard for me as a kid. It's actually useful in, in every situation. And even if it's not that useful stuff, like we both, we took chemistry together, and it was actually, it's probably the hardest class I've ever taken. Honestly, but, it is very difficult. I was, I was determined to do well in it. And do I think I'll ever use chemistry in my life again? Never. I it think, was probably the most pointless class. But I think the only thing the I've ever learned. used from chemistry is like the conversion charts. Like, yeah, I use that true. sometimes where I like convert from metric to imperial, but that's it. Like, I don't think I'm going to be combining acids and like hydrogen bonds. Like, yeah, okay, you're point. never doing that. But what I learned is how to work hard and how to problem solve and get smarter. And cram, and cram for tests and do well. And for that, I'm really grateful. That was the first class I ever studied for. Yeah. No, say, say I took an easy class, I would have not learned the skills at all that I, need, that I needed, those hard-working problem-solving skills. So as long as you realize what the why is, the how isn't that difficult. Okay, so I talked about this on one of my episodes. You're using some of that Mr. Hill knowledge of the why, how, what. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read a book called uh, Start With Why, and... It's actually a really good book. Okay, that's great that you read it. I talked about that on one of my other episodes. I love reading books. 
Um, I used to hate reading too, but I highly recommend reading. No, and it was like, it's something that I feel like a lot of people don't expect it from you, that you've read like a lot of great books. Like, I we were talking about the Matthew McConaughey book, Green, like Green Lights. You like reading yeah. a lot of like those books that, like books that teach you stuff, not just like Harry Potter. Yeah. Like books that like enrich your life. <coughs> yeah. Um, I feel like most people don't know that about me, but I'm actually a really big bookworm. There's a lot to get out of books. Yeah, I would totally agree. Like, books, they just teach you so much. Like, even even if you're not learning, like, a practical skill, you're going to be learning ideas that might be helpful to you. Exactly. And I feel like it's improved my, how I, like, comprehend reading and it makes my vocabulary richer. There's just really only benefits. I don't know how people look at their phones before going to bed. Like, I have to read for 20 minutes and I go right to sleep. I've never had difficult sleeping after reading. Honestly, I don't think I have either. I used to read every day before going to bed, and then I just started getting tired. So now I just go straight to bed. Okay, so we are going to move on now to our music section of the podcast. So the album you chose for this podcast is Doo-Wops and Hooligans by Bruno Mars. Now, this one's a real throwback. This is a nostalgic album. What brought you to choose this album? Um, it just, it's the most well-rounded album I know of. Um... Let me name some of the songs. Yeah, it's like, like at least half of the songs off of this like, album. It's like it's all like Bruno. It's just iconic Bruno Mars, like the Lazy Song, "Just the Way You Are," "Grenade," um, "Talking to the Moon," "Count on Me," just all around good, positive vibes. And I love Bruno Mars because I just get that good vibes from him. Like life's going good, even if it's not going that well, it will get better. Um, the thing about me is I only listen to music at the gym, and maybe if I'm in a car, unless I'm listening to a podcast, which I often am. But I want to feel good. Like, I want to feel like I'm doing good things. People at the gym are always listening to sad music. But I really don't get that because I want to be positive and happy. So I feel like Bruno Mars just really fits that category of just, like, good, upbeat music. And even if it's, like, kind of a sadder song, it still, like, has a good overall message compared to these, like, some of these rap guys that just have really, like, depressing music. I just rather not listen to that. And, you know, I think another thing with Bruno Mars is that he's actually funny. Like, in his songs, he's funny. In real life, he's funny. Like, it was was the Grammys a couple years ago, and he was up with Silk Sonic. Every time they got a Grammy, he would, like, slow get out of his chair and, like, slide. It was just hilarious. He would – it was the commitment to his, like, little bit – it's making fun of himself. Like, he's got a good sense of humor. Exactly. I think Bruno Mars is probably the best artist of all time. Choosing a good – hot take. That that is a hot take, but choosing albums – there's a lot of good albums, but I feel like I can name like 20 Bruno Mars songs that almost everyone knows and you can just always vibe to. Yeah, 100%. I think I think another great thing with Bruno Mars is like his songs are similar, but he's got such a variety. Like exactly. even just in this album, but like even between his albums, he like evolves very well. He's like just like every mood. Yeah, every, he's got a song for every, every mood. possible yeah. mood. So I, I'm a huge Bruno Mars fan. I always will be. Hopefully he keeps making good music, but even if, so many iconic songs. So I think what's funny, I'd never actually listened to this album all the way through, but when I gave it a listen, I knew almost all of these songs, even yeah. though I've never listened to the whole album um, before. Fun fact about me, I, I never really like looked, <coughs> started looking into music till about like a year ago, because I always just put on playlists or listen to the radio. So I don't actually look at albums, but Aldo asked me to pick my favorite album, and I was going through some artists like Kanye, Bruno... Um, just a few of my favorites and I was going through the albums and I saw that and I was like almost every single song on here is a good song So why would I not choose this one? Maybe not my favorite songs Like I don't think any of the songs on there are like in my top five, but 
they're definitely just all such quality songs for any reasons. So that's why it's my favorite. It's like now. it's greater than the sum of its parts. Like yeah. when you put them all together, it makes something better than just the songs. Exactly. This this album's like also so nostalgic. Like all of these songs were like songs that were on the radio when I was a little kid. Like this is a 2010 album. So these were still on the radio when I was like five years old. This is what yeah. Like when I was five, the lazy song was like so iconic. Went hard. Like that was one of my favorite songs. And so um, what's all these songs? If any DJ at a high school dance played any of them, everyone would love them. Well, so the wasn't it talking to the moon? Wasn't that our song? Yeah, like, that was our the theme, theme song for, for homecoming. yeah for homecoming. Yeah, that was fine at uh Sabaji Thompson. I did. Oh, you picked it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a great song for the dance. Um, another topic is I'm in charge of junior prom. So I get to pick the DJ, the venue. It's going along well. It'll be at the rink. It'll be a super good time. Totally. Like, the, the thing about St. George, I, I hope I don't offend any DJs that are listening to this, but I just can't, we can't seem to find like the best DJs. And I feel like there's just so many good songs out there that if they played almost everyone would sing to and have a good time. I swear, every DJ plays the exact same songs. I know. And there's, they're either so overplayed and no one likes them anymore. Or their songs no one knows. Okay, also, just not- our DJs need to, like, play some mixes. All they're doing is, like, playing tracks off of a playlist. Exactly. Like, they're not actually DJing. And if the song sucks, skip it. Like, I look at Brutal Mars' his album, and I'm like, any songs that they play would be good. Everyone would sing along. There's some you can watch, there's some you can just vibe with your friends. I have very strong opinions about the DJs. Maybe one day I'll be a DJ. <laughs> Just, don't just so that I remember at one of those middle school dances, we like tried to get like this was like when oh it was the Lil Nas X. How did I yeah. forget? How uh, did I forget? Baby. Industry baby. Oh. And we wanted everybody wanted the DJ to play this. We started like chanting like industry like we were trying to get him to to play it. And this was when the song had like just come out, like it was just popular. And they would not play it. It yeah. was so it was that, it was that made me upset. It was something because there's like there's a clean version. Like the clean version oh, is like it's not inappropriate in any way they're like no we can't play it it's inappropriate and then they play like apple bottom jeans yeah and we're like okay are you kidding me um fun fact about that actually is uh that so the djs that did that like they completely denied me like both it, i think two dances i tried to get them to play at it every single time the dj that danced they have played industry baby that is so i'm not funny. joking every single time they were there for i think both sadie's dances and every single time they played industry baby <laughs> and i was just standing there just shaking my head that's so annoying that song does go hard, though, but you know what I'm saying. The DJs out there, they can... There's so much good music out there that they can play, and I don't know why it's hard for them to play good songs. They could do better, honestly. Okay, so let's get into a track-by-track track on this song. We've got track one, Grenade, an iconic song. Yeah. That's, that's, that one will really get you in the mood. Well, okay, I've got a question about Grenade. Is Bruno Mars a simp? There's... Like simp, I feel like this is a, a hard word to describe because what's the definition between Riz and simp? Okay, a well, five when, I, when I think about it, when you're being romantic, when you're being rizful, you're you're flir- you're flirting with somebody. You're just like flirting. You're shooting your shot. Yeah. But when you're being a simp, it's like it's like you're giving them. You're giving more than you're getting back. You're not just like because like think about it. When you're rizzing somebody, what are you giving? You're not giving up anything, like at all. You're just giving up your time is what you're giving up. But yeah, like, and you see the back. But like, this, like this girl is literally like cheating on Bruno. She's like doing all of these terrible things, and he's like, "I'd still do anything for you." Yeah, even look, even if you shot me in the leg, I would do anything for I, you. I actually, I actually like the way you defined it. I've always defined it as Riz being 
it's Riz when the girl likes it and Simp when the girl hates it, but I think you put <laughs> That's it in. That's a good definition, too. I was like, dude, any any girl Bruno Mars sings to is just going to love it because That's true. it's Bruno Mars, but I think you made a good definition of it's when you get nothing back because he's literally giving everything for this girl that doesn't want him. It's to make a very iconic song, but maybe Bruno Mars is a tiny bit of a simp, but I think some I think girls, maybe just in this song. Some girls might like simps. Oh, that that's true. Where you think, get when you get into like the, I, I don't want to get into this on this episode, but is being a simp a bad? We're not going to answer that question here. Decide actually. Let me, I'll, let, I'll let's set a up a poll. Let's set up a poll on this on podcast. We'll set up a poll. Is being a simp a bad? It really depends. I feel like there's not a right or wrong answer. I feel like it just depends it on the depends person. On the girl, because some girls love it when you do everything. And you're that's true. Guy. Me personally, I think it's wrong to be a simp as. The man, I mean, it definitely depends what you're doing as a simp, but that's a hot take. I want to see where the, what the polls go. I don't want yeah. to expand on that too much. I feel like but, we're, I feel like we're not qualified to like. Yeah, to really get into that. Okay, so we've got the next song, "Just the Way You Are." This is like another iconic song. Just like right out of the bat, they come out swinging like, with the first two. I don't know why. When I think of these songs, I just I I just imagine in my head like everyone at, at a dance just screaming at the top of their lungs. These songs and just smiles. Yeah, that's what. During uh, Talking to the Moon, it was our homecoming theme. That's what, that's that, what we that envisioned. That so good. And that's what everyone did. So it's like, just such iconic songs. Just so, songs that make you happy. Yeah, and here's the thing. These are songs you still hear on the radio today. These songs are like 13 years old. People are still like calling in to request them on the radio. Yeah. These, they're just iconic. So after that, we have Our First Time. And I kind of forgot this song. I'm, I'm not familiar. I'm not that's like the one song I'm not familiar with. No, I literally don't remember it. I remember thinking, okay, this song's okay. It's not as good as the last, the first two. I remember, I remember how I felt after listening to the song. I gave this album a listen for the first time yesterday, and um, yeah, I don't. I already don't remember this song, but I remember just thinking it was That's okay. Fine. Let's just let's talk about the good ones. We, we okay, we got Runaway Baby. Runaway Baby is another one that I would say is like famous, like a hit. It's famous, but it's not my. Not my I favorite. actually don't like this song. I think it's kind of. It's kind of corny. It's a little corny. I, I don't like, really... I listen to it like twice. I feel like this is a song that you see like in a lot of kids' movies, I feel like. Yeah. Like like kids' movies, they go to like the water park, and the yeah. water park's playing this song is what I feel like. <laughs> okay, now we get into what I would call... The, the next four songs are just... I think are great. I think the next four songs are a home run. They're, I think, yeah, any situation you play them, it, it's just gonna hit. Okay, so we got the Lazy song. Iconic. I think this is probably... Off of this album, I think The Way You Are is probably more famous, but I think The Lazy Song is probably one of his most iconic songs. I think that might be my favorite song in the world when it comes to relaxing. Dude, They're, I know. Like, it's such it's such a good, like, just chill song. Here, here's actually a true story. I can't remember how old I was, but I was pretty young. I remember I heard it on the radio. I was like, this is such a good song. And we were driving up to my grandma's house, and it was the first time my siblings didn't go, so I had a king-size bed all to myself. Ooh. I think I was like eight. I was Dude, living. when you're eight, a king-size bed is even bigger. I know. I've always slept on a tiny bed, so this was a big opportunity for me. And I remember my mom was like, oh, yeah, you can sleep in. I, I slept in until, like, 10.30, and I remember I put that song on, and I had it on repeat for, like, an hour, just <laughs> chilling, because it just, it just gets you in the mood. I highly recommend listening to, to it, just when you're just feeling, like, vibing. No, I remember when I was, like, 10, I got a flip phone, and I remember... I made my, like, voicemail was... I made my voicemail this song where he's like, don't feel like picking up the phone. Yeah, that's, like, I, I made I that my that voicemail. Before. 
That's actually. I was like, I was like ten or twelve, and I was like, man, I'm so cool for that. I think that's. I've heard that like twice on people's ringtones. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a classic. The, the lazy song's a great song. And have you have you seen the music video? Huh? Have you seen the music video for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like people dance. It's like yeah. monkeys in it. Yeah, there's monkeys yeah. in it. It's just it's just a good time. Like, here's the thing. Like it. If you're a kid, you're going to love this song even more. But even, like, when you get older, this song's not a bad song. It's still yeah, just as chill and stuff. Definitely. It's it's like a universal theme, I feel like. Okay, then we have Marry You. And I really like this one. Yeah. Are, are you familiar with this one? Yeah, oh, extremely familiar. Obviously, every wedding gets played at. My sister is getting married. Let's see. She's getting married in 11 days. Ooh, and, that's that's close. Um, She's always with her fiancé. I actually love the guy. Shout out to them if they're watching it. Really happy for the marriage. Um, Awesome guy. But they play that song so much. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense. Like if I'm getting well, married, I want to. It's a really good song. But it, uh, it's it's good. It's what, a great song. What I love is the it like goes into it's probably after the second chorus, and then when he comes in again, there's like wedding bells in the background. Yeah. And it's just like a subtle thing that like I it's can, just such I can a nice see it detail. Right now, I'm totally here to like. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's just ah oh, man, these like four songs I think are just so good. Just like listening to them at the gym, it just makes me smile. Like it, it's hard. It's almost hard for me to pick a favorite from this one because, like, There's, this, like, this is you, a this is a music I listen to a songs. lot. But when I listen exactly. to it, I really like it. So like, I don't know. I think going going to the gym is probably the best time, just because I get to listen to music like this. I don't know how people are miserable at the gym. Like it's the ultimate me time to listen to music like Bruno Mars. So I'm just I'm just thankful for that. I love it, and you're getting strong too. So you know what I think? I think I'm gonna do this. I think I'm gonna say Lazy Song is my third favorite. Marry You is my second favorite, and then Talking to the Moon and Liquor Store are tied for first, is what I think Talking I Talking to the Moon's got to be up yeah. there. That's that's their next one, is Talking to the Moon. Yeah. And I think we Same already talked comments, about it a little just bit. Like, like, homecoming theme, iconic, everyone. Also, who, I whoever on sang it for Homecoming did such a good song. Well, Laura such Lewis, a good job. Yeah. She did such a good yeah, job. Yeah, like, Laura did awesome. It's a really good, if you have the right voice, it sounds amazing. I can play it on the piano, too, and Like, just melodically, this song is just like... Yeah. I... I just don't know what's – I don't know how he does it where it's just – the way it's written is just like melodically. It hits different. Like like yeah. in the chorus when he when he goes moon, like it just hits you. It's – Yeah, it, it just does something to you inside. I just – this album is so good at just capturing that. Like, and, and like listening like listening to this all the way through, <laughs> I was just so nostalgic. I was like, these songs – yeah, Kay. for sure. Then we had a song I'd never heard before I listened to this album, but this song absolutely slaps. It's Liquor Store Blues, feat Damian Marley. I'm going to be honest, I, I haven't listened to it. That was like the one song I did. Oh, know. this song is so good. So it, it's got a lot of reggae vibes, but then you also have Bruno Mars's vocals. I, actually, so, I think I might recognize it. I actually really like reggae bit. music, and this song is just so good. It, like, it's groovy, and here's the thing. I feel like a lot of times when people try to imitate reggae, it's really cringe. This song is not cringe. This song, it slaps. It's got such a good beat. It's yeah. got such a good rhythm. And then when when Damien comes in on his verse, it is so good. I don't. I I gotta. Listen I feel to like that. this podcast is just us being like, guys, this album is so good. I know. But we're the ultimate promoters. Britta Mar sponsor us. I've listened to. It. I don't have a lot of thoughts because I've never listened to it. But you, the first thing I get in my car is I'm gonna listen to that song. Yeah, this song absolutely slaps. Okay, now we've got Count on Me. This is another one people love. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not huge on Count on Me. Really. I think that's the ultimate choir song and ultimate love and friendship song. I don't... When I think of ultimate, like, love and friendship, I think of Count On Me. Yeah, I don't I know think this is a great how you're song. not big on it. Well, I think 
this just wasn't one I liked when I was a kid. And like, it's a, it's a good song. It just didn't grow on me. Like, I mean, we look at the first two songs, iconic hits. And then well, they're, we all can, hits. they're all hits that we skip the next two. We were like, okay, those are mid. Then you have the next four just slap so hard. And then I feel like coming on to count on me, it slaps less hard than the previous four is I think really, really it comes down to. Although you just, you just, you see that one person who you just listen to that song and be like, I got your back. Like, you know what? I think you're right. Like, whenever you attach a song to somebody, that song gets way better. Like, it's like, I know you have my back. If we were to do that song, and be like, yeah, like, this is, this, this goes both ways for you and me. Like, you can count on me. You're, like, no, I totally three. agree with that. I'll be there. I'll sell the world to find you. Like, I remember at Honors Choir, I, we sang this song and I had really good friends and I remember just like looking at them while singing it and. Okay, like I think that, that makes it way more special. Another level of love. You're, I think that friendship. makes it way more special. When you actually connect it to yourself. Yeah. I think this is also, out of all of the hits, I think I've heard this one the least. I feel really? like I've heard it on the radio the least. In movies Although the, the least. the second I find out you have a girlfriend, I'm sending that to you. <laughs> oh, boy. And you're going to look into her eyes and, well, and listen to that song and not tell me that that's not you know, in your top no, three Bruno Mars songs. You're not going to send me this song. You're going to send me a voice memo of you singing this song. Yeah, perfect. Okay, I, okay you guys probably... This is a throwback to when me and Austin were in student council. But we briefly had a boy band. Do you remember oh, this? Yeah, I remember this. We had a boy band called Hot Sauston and the Sauce Packets. And we were talented, let me tell you. Yeah. We had one performance ever. Do you remember? I actually don't remember. So I know all the it, was a, it was at an assembly. So it was at an assembly, and they were. It wasn't the first one where we did that dance from like Teen Beach. Yeah. It was the second choreography. But I broke we had. My teeth? No. It, okay. It was after that assembly. So it was our third assembly. We had a choreography. Oh yes, and yes, yes. You, me, and show. Sam. You, me, and Sam. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't at the talent show though. That was a student council performance. Yeah. So it was. So there was the whole student council choreography, and then you, me, and Sam had like uh, like a part where it was just us three. Like everybody stepped aside, and it was. Oh just us yeah. Three. Yeah, and I that was our one that. performance. I just, I remember one of the highest moments of my life ever. <laughs> Literally um, was, highest. Was the um, talent show. It was like the last day of school and everyone performed the talent show. It actually wasn't that great because we didn't publicize it, but the student council did one. And like the girls had a whole dance and then I got to like run out, oh, yeah. and rip my shirt and I had a white theater on. And I remember I ripped it, and then I threw it in the crowd, and, like, I was just starting to go to the gym then. I was, like, four months in, and I was holding strong, and I threw it th- to the crowd. And, like, people were cutting this shirt and selling it for money. <laughs> I did not know that. I would have bought a piece. It was, it was actually one of the highlights of my life. That was sweet. That's hilarious. So, what I remember when you were dancing out there and ripping your shirt off, me and Sam were, like, doing the Bully Maguire, and we thought we were on the side of the stage. And then, like, after the talent show, we got sent, like, videos that oh, zoomed yeah, in on us dancing. doing the Bully Maguire Yeah, dance. I remember that. We thought we were all the way behind the curtain, but you could, like, if you were on one side <laughs> of the auditorium, you could still see us. <laughs> Good times. Okay, let's see. Where are we at? We are on the last song of the album now. The oh, other side. thoughts about this. The other side. CeeLo Green and B.O.B. Once again, not as familiar, but... Yeah, I'm... I feel like this, and I don't want to be controversial, but this sounds like every other CeeLo, Gre- CeeLo Green yeah. song from 2010. CeeLo Green was, like, on everybody's song everywhere. And they all, they all just sound like CeeLo Green. That's, like, sure, we got Bruno Mars adding his flair, but this is a CeeLo Green song, if yeah. I'm being honest. Not a lot of thoughts, but yeah, overall... Yeah, honestly, I, don't, I think they should have ended the album with Count On Me instead of this song. The, the album, like, 
It's lapsed. I mean, it's not a long album. I think there's, I think there's two songs that didn't like completely hit, but yeah, definitely. I would say, I would say our first time and Runaway Baby. I think we, I I think we are are great salesmen for uh, Do Whips and Do Ops and Do Ops and yeah. Also, the like the album cover is iconic too. It's a great album cover. Yeah, very iconic. So, so I highly recommend giving it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a short album. It's only thirty-five minutes long, but. I'd rather have a short album like this where all, where it just all slaps than, like, he adds another five songs in their mid. <coughs> I feel like that's such a thing. Like, I don't know much about music, but how come every artist adds, like, 15 songs to a, a album and, like, only, like, two of them are actually decent and songs that I'll listen to? Dude, I feel like it's a big thing in pop music. Like, you have, like, Dua Lipa. She'll release, like, three singles a year. She'll get a bunch of hits. You're like, okay, there's, like, three singles a year, but, like, you're not releasing albums. Like, you have, like, you have, like one album. You have future nostalgia, and then you just have like so many singles that became hits. Yeah, it's just like, why don't you just like put all of your singles on an album then, and then it's just a good album. Although with all your experience in the music field, I really want you to start up your own like band or something. Well, yeah. So for our listeners, I I had a band in middle school, and then we practiced a couple times in high school, but like we weren't really serious about it. We were called Firearms and Flowers, and we performed the digital COVID talent show. We performed all the small things, and that was actually a pretty good performance. So I can't say we performed. We were a band. But then the next year for that talent show where we were dancing, uh, we were going to perform Smells Like Teen Spirit. I, I even have a video of us performing for the judges. They were like, yeah, we love it. You guys will do great. Thinks it's going to sound great. Just come in for the sound check the day before. And then our singer got some nerves. He, was, oh, he got nervous. I remember this. He was like, man, I can't do this. I can't sing. And we're like, okay, he doesn't have to sing. We can just play. And then our lead guitarist, he got nerves and he was like, man, I, I can't play either. I ain't ready. If, if I, if we mess up, I can't live with that embarrassment. So we're like, okay, we can't just play with me and the drummer. So I've always played rhythm guitar. Cause that's, that's what I like. I like playing rhythm guitar. Billy, like all my favorite guitarists have played rhythm guitar, like Billy Joe Armstrong and Rivers Cuomo. They're just good rhythm guitars. There's just something about rhythm that I love. And yeah, Firearms and Flowers, we never really made it big, but we performed once and I just wish we would have like performed more. Would have been a good time. Yeah, it's a shame. I was actually really excited for it, but it's too bad people are shy, you know? Yeah. They get outside the comfort zone, but I knew you were willing, so it's too bad. All right, Austin, thanks for coming on the podcast. I think we had a great show, great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Fun fact, it's actually the last time me and Aldo are going to chat he's moving to hawaii so it's it's been real we had great times together all this a great dude he's gonna do great things and i'm really glad he has a podcast so i could keep hearing his thoughts and we can stay in touch yeah thanks man it's been great this is like the perfect podcast to like for me to leave off on i think this was a great conversation so before we leave is there anything you want to plug any do you want people to follow your socials or are you good um i mean you can't follow my socials it's just very iconic name, Austin Loves USA. You know, it's funny. I remember one one day we were, we were I don't even know what class we were in. But Austin just like, yeah, I don't like to make political statements on social media. And we were like, oh my. we were like, your username is literally Austin Loves USA. Yeah, I, I remember I got flamed for that. <laughs> it's an iconic name though. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah, one thing to add, um, our Olive Garden trip was awesome. We've done it twice. And I think the next time me and Aldo might see each other is, Right before my wedding, we're going to go to Olive Garden. Yeah, and we're now that bachelor it's a, party at Olive yeah, Garden? 
Now that it's recorded, it has to happen, so... Yeah, it's got to happen. If it doesn't happen, listeners, keep us accountable. If this does not happen, unfollow me. I'm willing to make that risk. Exactly. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. We both have a lot of thoughts. This is a really good podcast. It gets really real, so keep listening to the other ones. I'm grateful to be here, and I'll be a listener to probably everyone, so thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks, man. We will be back next Friday with another episode of the Melodramatic Podcast. Bye.